Hello, Lincoln Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lincoln Thoughts Podcast. On this episode, I get to chat with Annika Brooks. She's a service director at Nomad, whose love of food and restaurants started at a very young age. She's worked in restaurants in many different cities and found New York to be the place that lights her hospitality fire the most. And, you know, I really wanted to have her on because I think going in, the idea of having everyone, all aspects of the industry on is very important. And, you know, having someone who has had great experience in the front of the house, I thought would be very valuable. Um, I know we've had sommeliers on recently or people of wine, and I really wanted to have someone focused on service and what it means for the guest interaction, because uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm re- really missing uh, guest interaction in terms of going out to eat. Uh, I really am worried about the future of dining in terms of if we'll, you know, how it's going to look, if we'll be able to go to restaurants and sit down next to each other and enjoy meals with each other. And, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. And so I really wanted to have someone, someone on to kind of uh, talk about that, kind of talk through it and get their thoughts on it. Uh, I wanted to see how her had career progressed from this point. And yeah, uh, so it, I really think it's a good conversation, a lot of value there for anyone looking to get in the front of house industry, even during this time. I think uh, she has a lot of lessons that she can share. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, I really hope everyone's doing well during this quarantine. I hope these episodes are helping in some way. Um, you know, I really find enjoyment in doing this and I really hope you all are enjoying listening. So I hope you all are well. I hope you're staying safe. And here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, if you just wanted to start by introducing yourself, uh, that would be great. Yeah, so I'm Annika, Annika Brooks, I've, um, and I work at The Nomad in New York, and I love hospitality industry. Okay. Uh, what has it been like uh, for you? I mean, how do you enjoy working in New York? Uh, I love it. I actually was only supposed to come over for like a year or two just to see, you know, how it would be, and ended up staying for four years so four years and still still there well not right now because of this but um four years and still there yeah loving it I love everything about it I love the city I love the speed of it um I love how it doesn't ever sleep um (laughs) and I just (laughs) the restaurant industry I think there's no other place like it in the world honestly so yeah Yeah. very happy yeah I agree Uh, New York's a special place uh it's definitely uh got its own personality that other places don't um but yeah I mean, obviously we're gonna get into that later on but i'd like to know uh, where you're originally from and what food was like for you growing up yeah so i am half english and half french my mother's french my father's english so uh growing up like food was always a massive part um, of my family's life especially with my grandmother she always was obsessed with food and taking me to the markets because i used to spend summers in the south of france so about about two months of the year, I'd go down there and she'd take me to all the restaurants like from such a young age. Apparently, there were stories of me but when I was two eating mussels and oysters in the restaurants. No one could believe it. They're like, how old is that kid? Like eating all that, that food. 
um, and I would sit at the table because the French love to have these like long, long lunches that last like four hours and all the kids would be playing and I'd be the only one still there going strong, eating and just, um, yeah, loving every minute of it. So it's definitely something that has been, <laughs> been part of my life for a long time. And just, I think that's how, that's what really got me into it. Just restaurants, especially just bring back such great memories, just being with, with, um, with my family and people that I love so much. So it kind of stemmed from there. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Uh, at young of an age, you were interested in food in terms of what you were eating. Um, yeah. I mean, do you, like, looking back, do you carry a lot of those memories with you when you're uh, trying to, uh, I guess, excel in service or you're trying to recreate a memory for a guest? Do you of- often go back to those childhood memories of eating? Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I definitely remember just like the excitement of, you know, trying something new and loving it and just like wanting more and more. And I think that really, it really comes into service. Like when you are trying to create an experience and you, you're like desperate to see the excitement, you know, in people's faces when they are trying new, new things. Like people sometimes come to the restaurants and, you know, have never tried truffles and it's, and it's being able to give them that new experience of what truffles taste like. And you see their eyes brighten up and um, <laughs> just automatically smiling and then like discussing how it tastes and feels and just def- yeah, definitely just all those kind of memories. Um, take Being on the floor and like seeing other people living those is definitely takes me back to when I did. Even if I was like three or four or 15 or 20, you know, we all, we all have those foods that we probably remember tasting for the first time and being like wowed by it, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I definitely have those experiences as well. Um, so as you got older, what like what made you more interested in the food in terms of it becoming your career? So funnily enough, I I think I just I remember my first job was working in room service in a hotel um, okay. in, in in England. So you know, answering the phones, making the trays, connecting with the kitchen, getting what, you know, whatever was on the room service menu. And I remember at the time it was kind of just something that I needed, you know, to have a job and, um, you know, get, get, it was like two nights a week when I was still at school. So it was just to make a bit of pocket money. Um, mm-hmm. but then, um, I actually ended up staying on with that hotel and like going and working through into the lounge bar, working behind the bar and then working in there, in their restaurant. Wow. And I, I don't know, I can't, I can't even explain like why I think it just it just naturally like just seemed right I was I love I'm I'm a very sociable person as well so I need to be surrounded by loads of people and you know Mm -hmm. yes of course a lot of it's got to do with the food and how amazing it is but a lot of it is also the people that you work with like the big teams that you work with and all the guests that come in that you're constantly speaking with and making memories with because I mean at the end of the day yeah the food is a huge part of the experience but I mean the people that are serving the food are also know just as important for that experience too so I think just like leaving at the end of the night and thinking oh like actually all my friends that go to work <laughs> always complain about it but I actually love it like I, I love I love my day at work so for that for me was definitely a uh, like a starting point yeah of like okay this 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 seems like to be you know the place for me okay yeah no I definitely I through talking with uh, everyone in the industry you know there's like this that point where you start to realize okay this is kind of where I belong um, yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, it's like it's really special. It's a really special moment, and you know, I think with the food industry, like once you get that feeling, it's hard to kind of not want to be in the industry because you feel like you're part of something bigger, and it helps you connect and uh, learn from other people. And yeah, I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from on that end. 
for sure. And I think, I mean, a lot of people in our, in, you know, in the industry, they'll, they'll start, they'll, they'll do it for a bit and then maybe they'll go off and, you know, do other stuff. But, and I, I did do that. I'm, I'm, I did hairdressing for a bit. And really? I mean, I'm yeah, super passionate, honestly, about hairdressing, always have always loved doing, you know, people's hair and stuff. And I went off and decided to do it, went to school, learned it and wanted to make a career out of it. Um, and there's just something I missed. I don't know if it was just because I was like, it was always like one on one with with guests. And it was just I just missed like the hustle and bustle. I missed like the out. I actually missed the hours, like the evening hours and being out and about when everyone else is out and about. And it's just crazy how the, this industry, once you're in it, it will like, it will take you back if you're meant to be in it, you know, <laughs> it won't let you get away. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, why hairdressing? Talk me through that in terms of why you enjoy it so much. Um, I think, so that was actually my, my first job in the industry was at that restaurant, but my first, first, first job when I was like 13 years old, was um in England we call them Saturday girls in the salons and you know it's like the washing of the hair and like sweeping up sweeping up the hair and making teas and coffee so actually I guess it did kind of fall in the same hospitality realm I was making the teas and coffees and giving it to, to the uh, customers or the clients and chatting with them and sweeping up the hair and helping the hairdressers like watching them work and I was always fascinated by the technique of hairdressing as well and um you know even like gent cuts just being like so precise and I was like yeah I think this is what I want to do and I think there's you know something to be said for your first job and the first thing that you see and you look up to these people and I was like yeah that's that's it that's going to be that's, that's what I want to do um and I loved every minute of it I went to a really good school in, in France I did my hairdressing in France and um I was pretty I was pretty good at it actually I still cut I still cut my friend's hair now when I'm not working crazy <laughs> hours but um I what I and what I realized that I loved the most about it was definitely like the, the the social part of it and the chatting and like seeing the same seeing the same faces again and creating creating a, um, a relationship with them. It wasn't and I was starting to get fed up of the actual action of cutting hair. So I was like, okay, this maybe I need to go back to where I'm like constantly feeling inspired and that's just being surrounded by everyone and you know not it not being so repetitive like I think hairdressing was starting to get. So yeah, and then I uh, decided to uh, go back into the industry, and I'm still okay. in it now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what you're talking about with the social, uh, I guess the social part of hairdressing, in the sense that, like, you know, you sit down or someone sits down and you cut their hair, and there could be a complete stranger, and more often than not, um, they're opening up to you about their life and whatever yeah. else is going on in that time. I mean, it, it, it's probably a really cool experience to have that with someone. Yeah, and it's it's funny actually. Like people, people really do trust their hairdressers. I mean, you're they're already trusting you with their hair, and they <laughs> so um, it's it's insane how much people do really open up and tell you about their lives. And I think you know, doing that from such a young age, from like thirteen to fourteen, it really did help just with my people skills and my social skills, and like learning how to to like react to things and speak with adults and you know, and elderly people, and just yeah, knowing how to react in the moment um, definitely help help me for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, have I'm sure a lot of those skills are, you know, the interpersonal skills you carry there, you carry with you now in terms of service. Exactly. Um, I mean, you probably, like, I would imagine, like, if I were cutting hair, you'd have, I'd have to be pretty proficient in being able to hold a conversation and make someone feel comfortable. Because for some people, getting their hair done can be a pretty anxious time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, and it's, you know, we say in the rest, like, when we're in a restaurant, you know, we're on stage. And it's the same with hairdressing. It's kind of like, even if you're feeling nervous about doing this certain hair color or you're not completely 100% confident, 
because maybe you know everyone doubts themselves sometimes we're not perfect but just putting Mm -hmm. on that show of like I've got this like you're going to be fine and really you know letting letting the client know that to trust it's the it's the whole trusting and it's exactly the same in a restaurant you know if you if you sell someone or if you recommend someone a cocktail and they love it and they like you from the moment that you they meet you then you're 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 going to be fine for the rest of the meal they're going to trust you for the rest of the meal and it's the same with hairdressing and you know that's first interaction with someone how you make them feel your body language the questions that you ask um and then you you know the more they're going to want to come back and see you and get your their haircut by you you know obviously yeah. if the haircut's good as well <laughs> i mean if you've done a really bad job it's probably, probably not going to work <laughs> no definitely not um yeah um and so going back into your career of you know uh restaurants were you so were you always f- focused more on the front of house or did you ever want to be in the kitchen uh no i've always i've always actually been front of house to be honest with you always okay. i mean i've always worked really really closely with um back of house um but it's i've always kind of yeah i think the closest to back of house i was was in the room service just because um the rooms were like right next to the kitchen so we actually had more to do with the the chefs and all that but um no I have really I've uh, stayed like I did I started off like serving um all that kind of stuff serving into floor managing um guest relations um you know with um maitre d's and hosts and all that kind of like the reservation books and dealing with guests requests and maybe you know a few complaints here and there of course um but and then service director but no I yeah it's just something that I love I need to be I need to be in the action I need to be where the guests are um I always say to the chefs like it must be so hard like there's another world going up going on up above or wherever the you know the (laughs) dining room is compared to the kitchen and they just don't know what it is it must be insane (laughs) (laughs) but it's great it's great in our position that we can do both you know that goes the guys in the kitchen can't really do that we're able to kind of um be a part of both worlds even during service okay um yeah and i was going to ask you along the lines the reason i ask you about front of house because it's very rare for me to talk to someone who's been in front of house their whole career i mean not rare in the sense of it happens but in terms of guests on the podcast and so i guess the question would be like as you were like you know becoming more and more in love with front of house and you're getting better at it and you're developing your career who like mm-hmm. who are some people you would look up to front of house wise? Because you know with cooks, there's you know there's dozens, uh, if not hundreds, of chefs we look up to, and I often think about like for the front of house, who like who would you have looked up to or saw as someone prominent in the industry for front of house that you kind of admired as you were working your way up the ladder, so to say. I mean, Will Gadara for sure has like always been my mentor and I was very lucky to be able to work with him especially when I started uh, for make it nice um but just watching him was always incredible I would I would there's something that whenever he's talking and he's telling you something I mean I'm not sure if you've ever seen any of his welcome conferences and when he does do his his talks Mm -hmm. um I was just like I was just completely just there's only one person that can really make me just sit for two three hours and just listen and just listen to what he has to say because in my eyes whatever he's saying is just like always so inspirational he the culture that him and Daniel Holm created for make it nice was just exceptional and I just I, I found out about this culture after I'd moved to New York I was working uh, for Alain Ducasse just before okay. I'd started with make it nice um, and I guess I'd always been used to oh, I'd always been used to working with them 
French chefs and working the French culture, which is still quite old school, you know, very fine dining. Um, so when I'd, when I'd been following Will and I'd managed to work with him, I was just like, so, so over the moon. And he definitely, definitely has got me to where I am today, especially with my, yeah, the way I think, the way I act and just, um, the passion for it is definitely there because of him. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's a very, uh, it's very cool. It's really uh, awesome, I guess, to have a mentor. Um, you know, I spent uh, a couple episodes going over the uh, idea of mentorship in the industry and how important for it was for me, or it is, I mean, it still is for me. Um, you know, I'm pretty young compared to a lot of people in the industry and just having people to look up to um, and then having people in your actual work environment that you look up to and you want to, you know, do right by, I think is such a good motivator to kind of excel and grow yourself in the business. Yeah, no, for sure. And I and I remember he always before he moved before he moved on from Make It Nice, he um he just used to give great leadership um talks, which is obviously as you're moving up in the industry in the front of house, that's what you're focusing on. Um and he always I remember he always said, or he still says, I'm sure, um, that when if you if you want to be an amazing leader when you walk into a room, you have to have someone you need them you need the people to be super happy but also look check themselves to make sure that you know they're, they're dressed correctly or they they look the part but also with like mm. a beaming smile and then you you know that you've you've nailed it <laughs> so to speak <laughs> that's that's a good uh that's good advice to by. <laughs> that's awesome um so i want to go back to you moving uh to new york for work so what was uh i yes. guess inspiration behind that how was it like? Um, did you have any challenges moving to New York for the first time or what was that experience like? Um, you know, I was really, really lucky because I had heard a lot of, you know, you have all these stories in your head, like, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Um, it's really tough. So I was kind of like, oh God, what's it going to be like moving to this place? It sounds like it's hell <laughs> or really hard, you know. Um, but I, funnily enough, was actually planning to come out here because I wanted to try and pursue my hairdressing you know I thought New York would be a great great place for me to do that and um you know the same old thing when I arrived I was like I got a one-way ticket I didn't even I didn't have much money saved at all I think I had like two thousand dollars and you know I knew that rent was probably going to be eaten up in the first thousand anyway so I'd, I'd gone count on the couch surfing website and emailed a few few people being like hey I just I just really want do you have a room like I will rent a rent a bed if I have to just for like for a month or so so I actually got it through there this really cool girl in um Bed-Stuy rented me a bed it was like 500 bucks I stayed there for a month and I was like right well before I get going on this hairdressing thing I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do what I know what to do best I'm gonna go and be a server in New York you know I'm gonna go and make some money (laughs) so I can (laughs) figure out figure out the rest of you know me becoming this amazing hairdresser in New York um, and I I knew someone that worked at Benoit which is um, the Alain Ducasse restaurant uptown in New York mm-hmm. he was the sommelier she was the sommelier there at the time and I walked in and I met the GM and um, we started chatting I showed him my CV and we had like this big discussion and we were talking about things I'd done and what you know hospitality and food and all this and he um, said we'll come in for a trail so I went in and we spent some time together and in like a month, I was a floor manager. <laughs> he promoted me to floor wow. manager. So um, that was like my first managerial experience in New York. I'd done it before in, in France and the UK, but in New York, um, yeah, that was my first time. So I did that. 
for about a year and I loved it. Like it was incredible. The chef, the executive chef there, Chef Leticia Rubber, she's incredible. She's one of my closest friends. Um, working with her was insane. I learned so much. And um, and meeting Monsieur Ducasse, you know, was pretty cool too. Um, but I just, I, I felt like I was still doing something that I would I had known because like, I'd worked in France before in the industry. And um, yeah, an opportunity came along with The Nomad. And the culture in The Nomad is interesting because they don't just hire you as a manager or, you know, or a maitre d'. You start either as a kitchen server in on the front of house side or as a cook in the kitchen. There's no kind of like jumping to sous chef or jumping to manager because you've got 10 years experience. And it's like, no, you have to start at the bottom like everyone else and um you know you'll go from there and I have to admit after like 14 years in the in the, in the industry I was kind of like well I don't know if I can be a kitchen server again like <laughs> I'm I you know I've, I've I've kind of done this and they're like I know we understand but of course you know we, we the best way to lead people and to lead by example is by doing their job first how can how can how can we lead if we haven't done the other person's job which I was of course a hundred percent how can you lead a team or how can you show someone or lead someone if you haven't done the job yourself so I did it I did kitchen serving for like three months I went into assistant serving I served for about four months and then I I got promoted after six months um the dining room manager at Nomad so I mean wow. the, the whole thing in the, yeah the whole thing in New York was a bit of like a it just happened really fast for me because I walked into Alain Ducasse's restaurant like three days after being there and it was all kind of like it was all go. So I didn't really even have time to even think or process my move to New York. It just happened. I was in it. I was working and I was just like, yeah, didn't have time to breathe basically, but it was all fun. And I guess that's just the New York life. That's how it is. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so, <no>. um, <laughs> there's no other way to explain it. New York, New York had me pretty quickly and I was loving it. And I think, I know, I think you do have to be a certain person to kind of get, get into it, but I don't know. I just kind of worked for me. New York has made me and it just made me who I am today for sure. It's made me stronger and it's made me, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I love it. I love New York. It's the best place, it's the best place in the world <laughs> as far as I'm concerned anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, what advice would you give to someone who, um, who is looking to, you know, kind of, I guess, follow in your footsteps, be successful. I mean, obviously now with the current landscape, things are going to change somewhat but what advice would you give to someone in front of house who wants to kind of show that they really want to be there they want to excel and they want to have take that next step into a management role uh the biggest advice i can give is be humble like be humble stay humble like never pretend that you that you know or never act like you know more than anyone else because you've done a job in another restaurant or you've had 10 years of experience um people don't respect that that really you have to if you if you want to prove something and you want to be successful then you have to work for it um and yeah I mean I don't think there's one day that I don't stop learning so I don't see how anyone can go into a position thinking they know it all and that for me is just it makes you like a more likable person as well for sure if you stay humble and just get on with the job and be kind be kind be humble and be honest and then that will just get you very far okay no, that's definitely good advice um <laughs> and so so i want to talk i guess about your time um i guess so you like you said you became service director of nomad and what was that experience like mm-hmm. um you know obviously being 
a part of a restaurant that is so popular in the city, um, has a lot of value to the city. Uh, what was it like kind of being a part of a place that, you know, was pretty well known by a lot of people? Uh, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was, it's funny. Cause I didn't even, it didn't even enter my mind that I would be promoted at that, at that moment. It wasn't something that I was really focused on. I mean, like, yeah, it was always in the back of my head that that's, that's my, that's the goal that I'm, I want to achieve next. But, um, yeah, when I when I got promoted, I was like, oh, my God, I, I knew it was my time to kind of shine. And um, and we were going through a lot of change anyway at that point um, with the company. And so it was definitely a great time to kind of bring in different service techniques um, and just, yeah, I mean, I just I had to step up, you know, because there's already about six dining room managers there all around. So just being a service director it's kind of like you're working closer to the assistant general manager and the general manager and kind of um, not only managing a whole team of like the front, the staff, but also now a whole team of managers. So um, it, that was definitely tough, but I mean, I loved it. I loved every single day. I love new, I loved the new, new challenge. I loved being able to work closer with, with the head chef and the executive, executive Sue. Um, and yeah, and just really set focus on the server team. When I got, when I got, promoted to service director I was in charge of the servers and their schedules and um, kind of leading service classes um, having department meetings with them all kind of find ways to like improve service and bring the teams together and um, just how we can carry on you know blowing people's minds and creating insane guest experiences and just making sure that the team is like always pumped and happy and um, you know feeling that fire that that they need to have going into going into service just to have a great night and I definitely I definitely enjoyed making sure that I could help be a part of that so yeah, yeah I, I loved that role it was really great okay I miss it yeah <laughs> I miss working <laughs> <laughs> yeah I imagine um yeah I mean it's it's really cool I mean to you know be a part to work hard and then be a part of something like that um what are some you you were talking about like service details or things you wanted to kind of bring in or implement what uh so like yeah. when you're looking at service um how often are you looking to like change or how do you review different parts of the service to see if they could be better daily or like what's the process like in making sure that your service is up to par is modern it's relevant and that it's um you know what the guests want and need yeah and and it's actually something that um we've been working on very recently because you know, I guess the Nomad still is, um, you know, it's a Michelin-starred restaurant, so there has to be a certain level of service, right? Um, and a lot of the service style still comes from Eleven Madison Park, um, just because when they, when Nomad opened, a lot of people that were training had worked at Eleven Madison Park. And so we realized that maybe for kind of the style of restaurant that Nomad was, um, service didn't have to be, you know, kind of so intense or super super soignier or high level we could do things just as classy or just as smoothly but just and, and just more efficiently basically because I mean the cover count compared to a lot of other restaurants is insane at Nomad we're doing like on busy nights like over 300 covers and to be able to kind of execute perfect service it's tough right for that many covers so it's kind of finding a way um to not do too many table touches. That's another thing that I like really, I hate being at a table and then so many people are coming up and like, you know, moving one glass, moving another and then wiping down the table and then coming back and putting, you know, setting the knees down and bringing some plates. It's just like, 
well, how do you make how do you make something efficient, smooth, smooth, and feel like a dance, but not also kind of like you're constantly interrupting. So kind of finding like ways like that just to make service more efficient. Um, and it's also a lot about like confidence and body language. So working a lot with that with the team, um, how to kind of walk around the dining room. You know, we're going to be um, gliding, like Will was always say, the swan. You want to look like you're you're gliding along the dining room, but underneath the water, you're paddling it out because you've got a million things to be doing. You have that checklist in your head. You know, I've got to go to this table next. So I've got to take this dessert, many dessert order there, and then I've got to get the check for this table. And but to not look like that because you want to keep everyone calm. Um, so always going over those kind of things and like you know reactions. Like yes, there are service techniques to work on, but there's also so many other things that we have to deal with in the dining room. Maybe how a guest reacts and how to not be upset by that and how you know to charitably assume that maybe they're having a bad day and um we're not going to take we're not going to take that their anger we're just going to you know not let it ruin our night and focus on our next our next task um but I mean there's so much stuff we talk about in like the pre-shifts before service we do service classes we I don't know if you know but we do open-handed service at Nomad which is something that Danny Meyer created so when you're putting plates down you're never you're never backhanding a guest you're always doing it in the way that you would if you were going in for a hug so to speak so it's kind of meant to feel mm-hmm. like a virtual hug you're never putting your your the back of your arm to some to someone so that's something that we look at on the dining room you know no backhanding if someone backhands it's one of those things like hey you know that you backhanded on table 24 like try and remember to do open-handed that's what we do here kind of thing so it's just like little things that's constantly like reminded of and the reasons why we do it. Okay. And how, um, I mean, how, how important is it for you to like, so I guess, I guess I've always been interested in, obviously if you have like a really like great restaurant, um, obviously the food has to be great, but also the storytelling of the food is something that can be super important. Uh, how important for yeah. is it for you to like, you know, have your staff know or for you to know the menu and kind of, where everything's coming from and um, what wine can go with what. I mean, I know that's more of a sommelier job, but I'm sure you also have an understanding of that. How important is it for you to kind of not only be really good with service, but also be really proficient in the food you're serving? Oh, I mean, you, you need to know everything. You need to know everything. It can't just be the server that knows about the food and the sommelier to know about the wine. Um, you know, when you're in a dining room, the guest asks a questions a question about the food, about the wine, anyone should be able to answer. I mean, yes, of course, there are wine, like wine list questions that only a sommelier would know, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if someone, if someone wants to know what, what jus or what glaze is on, on, on their dish, anyone should be able to answer that as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we, we make sure we go over all the food. Whenever there's a new menu, the chef will come up and we'll dissect it and go over it. And then for the next, you know, three weeks, I'll have the team tell me what their favorite dishes are of the new dishes and explain to me how they're made and what they what they love about it and how they're going to try and dis- describe it and spiel it to the menu. Like basically, just get excited about it. Not like some crazy horrible quiz where I need I'm going to test everyone and if they get it wrong, like they have to go home. You know definitely more of like finding ways to get everyone excited about this menu because the more excited the team is about this menu the more excited the guests are going to be right um Mm -hmm. so it's so so important i i I mean it's i have one one of my pet peeves now going out asking questions about the menu and they kind of look blankly at you as if you're asking them some crazy question it's like 
you know, <laughs> just tell me about the menu, please. I don't understand why you can't know. I mean, it's, it's quite a massive part of, of the job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it is as important as anything else. It's important than anything else. Okay. No, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the most impressing things when you go to a restaurant that really ha- is on top of their game is everyone seems to, like, have a knowledge of what's going on or what the food is. And, you know, everyone's just involved. And I think that the team mentality is really important um, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but, sure. yeah, I mean, well, thank you for, uh, you know, sharing all that. I would like to know how you're doing uh, during the pandemic and kind of how everything's been going for you over the last few months. I know things are kind of getting crazy and I just wanted to check in and, you know, see how you're doing through all this. I'm good. I'm fine. I, um, I've actually ended up weirdly enough back in the village that I grew up in when I was a kid in England, (laughs) my best friend from (laughs) school, um, ended up living here. So I'm back here. Um, I'm with my best friend, her boyfriend and and their one year old. So we're very, very busy. Um, I'm, we're cooking every night. I mean, we're doing what everyone else is doing, I guess, just cooking every night. Um, probably drinking a bit too too many wines, but <laughs> I won't go into that. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I mean, I miss, don't get me wrong, I miss being at work. I miss my life. I miss my team. I miss everything about work. But, you know, I think this is um, a really good time, to, like, you, like we were saying earlier, kind of connect with family and friends and just kind of, like, take a moment just to to just to like live just live this life for a bit I think this all happened the world the world obviously needed a break so um I mean we've just got to roll with it right and it's not much we can do but definitely make try and make the most of it and stay safe and all that jazz yeah I mean you think I hope about you're staying it staying safe too are you yes. staying safe and yes. being good staying and wearing safe. a mask when you go out and stuff <laughs> good. oh yeah 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 definitely wearing a mask uh taking all the precautions you know um trying to you know not trying cooking at home a lot more and whatnot but uh yeah i mean yeah. what you're saying it's like you know this is something i don't know if we'll ever in our lifetimes see anything where the restaurant industry stops again you know like this is yeah. one of those rare things where like i could ask you know i mean not every obviously people are still working but you know i usually when i um am worried about something or if i need advice on something I can ask someone who's been in the industry longer and all my mentors are like we've never seen anything like this obviously and so you know trying to stay positive and keep that mental outlook on you know this is a reset this is time to kind of reconfigure and focus and yeah I mean yeah you know it's terrible what's going on in the world obviously but um Mm -hmm. if you're able to see a positive in it you know I think that's really good yeah I totally agree um so I do want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously with uh, social distancing um, kind of changing the dining landscape, just what are your thoughts or what could you see going forward in terms of service and dining as a whole? I mean, obviously no one can really know, but, um, yeah. you know, serving as a service of a restaurant is a very personal thing. And um, yeah, I was reading an article For yesterday sure. that buffets might be even banned um, moving forward, like not knowing if that's true or not but like there's a lot of implications i think we don't realize yet and so what do you um i guess what what are your thoughts if any on the future of dining oh i mean i don't think it's going to be the same for a long time for sure but i I mean i do believe that after all this people are going to be itching to kind of get back into restaurants i think i mean Mm -hmm. it could go either two ways that people may have may avoid it but i still 
I think there are too many kind of like foodies out there that are just going to be dying to go back, um, which is obviously going to help. But I mean, the first when I worked the last the last night actually that the Nomad was open before it had to shut, and we were taking those social distancing rules that had been put in place and kind of seating guests, you know, three tables apart as they would have next normally been next to each other. Um, and I, I I mean, I'm assuming maybe it's going to have to start out like that, like you know, maybe seating seeing less guests in the dining room kind of having um having more space oh I mean I really I really don't know it's really hard to tell I mean it's <laughs> I just can't even imagine it I'm just like trying to list I want to imagine it being how it was but obviously that's not it's not you know the reality but I think in time you know it's gonna it's gonna slowly get back to normal it just it may take it may take a while you know yeah no I agree and I think what you were saying earlier about having those skills, you know, like yourself with being a hairdresser and obviously excelling in the industry, I think a lot more, not just front of house people, but back of house people in general are going to have to have more of those interpersonal skills because I feel like a lot of our dining for at least the next year is going to be, you know, either through an online ordering system or talking to the yeah. guests through the phone. And like, I don't know, I think that's going to be a, a skill that I think has been undervalued for some time in some aspects of the industry, but I think it's going to be something that um, a lot of people are going to be able to work on and be able to be more proficient at as the year goes on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I completely agree. It's, um, and it's like when I was saying to one of my friends, I was like, Oh my God, what if I think, I forget how to like just talk to other human beings again. <laughs> I'm just so used to, you know, being in lockdown and being with the people that I am. Like maybe, you know, is, am I get, is my table touch going to be an absolute fail next time or am I going to be able to, you know, <laughs> still do it? No, but it's true. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. And it's, you know, it's again, it's like earning that trust. People I think are going to be wary of everything. You know, I, I can't imagine walking down the street now. I don't know how it is in, in New York at the moment, but where I am, you know, you, you, you're walking down the street, people automatically cross. So like, sometimes I'm even watching a film and it seems weird to me that people are around in like a huddle around each other because that's just what we haven't been used to for the last <laughs> month. So, um, yeah, coming back to normal in that sense as well is going to be tough because people are going to be on edge, you know, and they're going to need to feel safe and then they're going to need to feel reassured. So we're going to have to make sure that our dining spaces are a safe space for them. Yeah, no, it, I, uh, it's something my girlfriend was just talking about the other day. We were watching a show and um, she was saying how like close everyone was or how like they had shared a drink and she was like, um, you know, like that that's crazy to me now. Like after just a month of this and I was thinking yeah. to myself, wow, that's like, it is crazy. Like how a different life is going to be uh, once it's all said and done. Yeah, I know. And I think, you know, for us, the restaurants I mean it's not an essential thing you know it's not really I mean from some of us in the industry we're like uh yes it is but I mean you know we're probably not going to be one of the first things to open up put it that way yeah no definitely um so I wanted to get into uh kind of things that inspire you or um I guess like what are some if, if you if any what are some books you've read or kind of carried with you through being uh, someone successful in front of house any podcasts you currently listen to that um kind of inspire you and motivate you what are some i guess media that you uh would suggest or that just for you personally keeps you inspired um you know what i do i listen to a lot of like um ted talks okay. I, I love them and they actually give me a lot of inspiration for like lineups that i lead and stuff um 
and it's not even necessary any necessarily stuff to do with in our industry just um just listening to how people's minds work and um there's just so many different topics right with TED talks of course so I, I love kind of sitting on YouTube and just clicking through um and listening to everyone it's just yeah I think it's just so inspiring um but you know what I read a book and I can't remember the name of it my my GM my last GM Alex Waffenberg um who I adore and another person actually who I look up to massively and because I'm not at home I can't just grab it and read it out for you but um oh God, what was it called okay I can't remember um but just kind of you know those books about you know what makes people successful or how how it's, it's it's more of like an in learning how how people think and how how to like speak with people and like just the you know in looking into the mind and those kind of things I always think are so so useful especially with leadership and like and they say those kind of books are great for when you're either having children or you're in leadership positions or you know you're working in teams because I mean it is really really tough uh, when you are working in, in big teams and you know you, you have you have you know a boss or you you have people that work you know under you and stuff it's just knowing how to deal with like those everyday social social um instances sometimes um so I love kind of reading those those books um and getting insights from them but I mean I just love reading I what did I read the other day I read the memoirs of I know the unorthodox um series that was on Netflix that was just really amazing and just sometimes I when I'm reading I do just kind of like like to read something completely different just take my mind away you know and just inspired by people's memoirs and their own stories really Mm-hmm. yeah no I think that's really interesting because it kind of ties in with your entire career path of trying to understand people and connect with them and it shows through what literature you decide to read um a book I would I would suggest to you I really don't I mean I sometimes give book suggestions but I think one that mm-hmm. you'd be interested in is uh, Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss I don't know if you've ever heard of okay no uh, Tim Ferriss but it's a collection of um leaders in all types of industries like he has chefs in there restaurateurs but like even people in other industries and basically they all um he has some like the base these base questions and then uh each person's section which is like two to three to sometimes even five pages each of them just going into detail answering these questions like what advice would you give yourself at 20 um and just like you know what habits uh allow you to be successful it's just really cool to have this book of all these different uh, accounts of successful people in one place and to kind of understand how they think and what they value yeah, in their exactly. day-to-day lives. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah, a well, good I'll book. Yeah, I'll look into that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I will look um, into that. <laughs> no, yeah, that book, uh, I was reading it um, this past summer and it was just uh, really awesome to kind of go into the minds of some really, really cool leaders. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, and when I uh, when I found the name of the other one, I'll I'll send it over to you. Yeah, so it's like of course. Effective, effective something. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> awesome. can't remember it. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, is what have you? And you mentioned you were cooking during this. What are some dishes you've been able to cook during quarantine? Oh, what did we make yesterday? Um, we made some homemade pizzas, which was really okay. fun. Um. We've been making gnocchi and um, I think we're making fish tonight. Um, I'm trying to eat um, vegetarian dishes right now. Um, okay. So we like doing um, lots of vegetable curries. Love curries. I love everything that's spicy. So I literally have my 
um, red chili flakes that I mean <laughs> the family that I'm living <laughs> with they're like oh god Annika with her chili flakes I put them on everything I just love spicy food um, so yeah curries pasta dishes I love salad my favorite salad ever is tomato mozzarella with fresh basil I just think okay I mean if ever I'm feeling hungry and I don't know what to have that's just like my go-to I love it I love it so much um, <laughs> any kind <laughs> any kind of salad really um, I made, I, you know, what I made the other day, I made a Caesar, chicken Caesar salad. Well, actually, I, I did eat chicken that day. A chicken Caesar salad uh, <laughs> from scratch with the dressing. And we made some uh, croutons um, with a base of Parmesan. And it was just, yeah, delicious. Um, yeah, I don't know. That just The days have just been flying by. I don't even know. I mean, I've never eaten so many meals. Normally at work, I'm lucky if I get one, one meal in a day. But I've been eating three. I'm like, oh, God, now I've got to think about what I'm having for lunch and dinner and then I've got to have you know some kind of chocolate after I've been making banoffee pie which I don't know if it's, it's an English dessert um it's just ugh, delicious my favorite so yeah I've been made a couple of them since I've been here definitely keeping busy on the cooking side of things um and making sure that everyone around me has got enough wine because that's my job right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely uh, I'm like you yeah, guys do the cooking and I'll make sure you've got enough wine all right I'll just keep that wine I'll keep your wines topped up because that's what I'm the best at <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um good well I'm glad to hear that you're able to you know be doing good in this and um kind of cooking and learning new things it's been the same here for me just cooking a lot and um good yeah like you said the days are flying by they're flying so. by. I keep on like, oh, here goes another day, getting into bed. I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow, what I'm going to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. That's my kind of, what am I eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I do want to say uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I know, you know, even though this is a time of slowing down, people are still busy. And, you know, it does mean a lot that you took the time to chat with me for about 45 minutes. Uh very interested oh, you know i was very, very interested in your story so yeah thank you very um, much i pre- appreciate you listening to me waffle on for 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course uh, no, it was fun yeah i learned a lot Good. Um, thank you very much thank you i did want to well, i guess my final question yeah. is uh yeah. i guess it's how i end all my interviews is so the the group of people that are listening the people that follow the page uh i've called them the line cook nation uh it's our community mm-hmm. on instagram and now that you've been on the show, I was just wondering what it was, uh, what it means for you to be a part of a group of people, cooks, chefs, people in the food industry who want to learn, connect, and grow with each other. Oh, um, I love it. I love, I love being a part of. You know, I just, I love being like I said in the post that you just put up. Um, I love being surrounded by people that have the same passion as me, and I think, <laughs> I think people in our industry can just talk about our industry like all the time about about all kinds of things and just still get so fired up and passionate about it and just I think and it's so interesting that in this industry you can either yeah be your cook or you know, work front of house and still have that same passion for hospitality no matter what you're doing and I think being connected in that way is something really really special and I really don't think that there are many other industries that have that um mm-hmm. so yeah I, I love it I love I love that food kind of connects us all um like in a really strong way awesome well like i said thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we'll chat soon yeah thank you so much and uh speak soon i'll send you that book name before i forget (laughs) yeah of course thank you (laughs) see ya bye so there you have the episode 
it would mean so much to me if y'all could take the time and go on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I mean, those reviews, you know, I'm not asking you to leave a five star. I'm asking you to leave an honest review. Uh, anything that I could work on or anything that you'd like to see on the podcast, I'd really enjoy hearing that. Um, I really enjoy the feedback y'all give, and I really try to improve upon it. Um, and I really try to make this the best experience possible for everyone. So, you know, feel free to leave a review. I hope you all have enjoyed this and stay safe.